one of the biggest mistakes that um, uh, first-time advertisers and sometimes not first-time advertisers make is to send um, the traffic from the ads to the home page. The home page is rarely the most uh, relevant page because um, the home page houses lots of things. It's pretty much the, the, the place where you got highlights from the rest of the website. But when people search for something, they search for a specific thing. They didn't search for highlights. You're listening to the Nonprofit Problem Solver Podcast brought to you by KevKayat.com. Kev helps nonprofit leaders deliver more impact faster and easier so they can be mission accomplished in 40 hours a week or less. For more information, visit KevKayat.com. Because good causes deserve better results. Now, here is the host of Nonprofit Problem Solver, Kev Kayat. Welcome to Nonprofit Problem Solver, brought to you by Yachtme, the virtual events platform 100% free to nonprofits, and PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Kev Kayat, and we are now in Season 4. So make sure to dial into the growing back catalog. We've covered lots of problems and issues. But just a quick reminder, you are actually the nonprofit problem solver. My guest and I are trying to make your job a little bit easier by sharing practical, tactical expertise that you can put straight into action, as well as raising awareness about our featured nonprofit. This is a recording of a live fundraising event hosted on Yachtme, which would be a great place for your virtual or hybrid event. Find out more at y.yacht.me. That's why.yot.me. You can join the live podcast every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, RSVP at yacht.me or nonprofitproblemsolver.com. You can find me at kevkayat.com as well as Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. Join the Nonprofit Problem Solver Club on Clubhouse and the Nonprofit Problem Solver Facebook group to get all the latest practical, tactical advice on being the best nonprofit entrepreneur you can be. And check out my coaching programs at nonprofitentrepreneur.com. So last time we heard why most nonprofits who've been around at least a year should consider the Google Ads grant. In this episode, paid ads specialist Sylvia Coletto returns to discuss what you need to have in place to be successful with the grant. Interestingly, most of those things have nothing to do with Google or the grant. They're all about how you position the use of Google Ads within your own marketing objectives. Why bring people to your website, for example, if they're not going to find what they're looking for? And that's why they're searching on Google, for some type of answer or content that responds to their Google search. So how does that fit in with your marketing? Let's hear from Sylvia. And like last time, our nonprofit partner for this episode is Toybox. Find out more at toybox.org.uk. Welcome, everyone, to episode 48 of the Nonprofit Problem Solver podcast. This is uh, season four and our first time doing a part two. So I'm excited to, uh, in, uh, to uh, say hello to Sylvia Coletto, who was here with us last week doing 
part ones. We were talking about the Google Ads grants. And uh, just before we get into the content, allow me to thank my sponsors, Yachtme, the platform that we are working on right now, and uh, PodPro Audio, who makes professional podcasting easy. Our partner, nonprofit partner for this episode, like last week, is Toybox. Uh, that's the global effort to help street children. And if you'd like to uh, donate, you can see a big blue bright uh, button at the top of this uh, replay on, on Yachtme. Uh, you can also go to toybox.org.uk, and uh, $5 will get a street, a street child a warm drink and a warm meal. And as we head into the school season, a uh, $25 donation would provide a uniform and a stationary kit. So have a look at Toybox, check them out, and support them if you can. Now, moving back to today's point of business. Hello, Sylvia. How are you? Hello, I am very well, thank you. Yeah, good. it's been a great week. Good, good. So, so last time uh, in uh, the previous episode, uh, for those of you who haven't uh, listened, I would uh, recommend you do so. We were talking about uh, what it takes to actually apply for and uh, um, start using the Google Ads grant and whether you should go ahead and do that. So let me just summarize that. And Sylvia, you can correct me where I go wrong here. But what we what we concluded uh, was that the Google Ads grant, which is $10,000 worth of uh, click, click links, basically in Google Ads grant, uh, awarded per a nonprofit per month, if you're eligible, meaning you have charitable status in your jurisdiction, in the US that's 501c3, in the UK, for example, it's registered charity, then, uh, and you've had an annual report, so you've been around for at least a year, probably a bit more, and that your website is reasonably up to date and works on mobile and, and so on, then you're almost certainly going to qualify for the grant. But should you do it? And the question here, the answer to that question is almost certainly Yes, uh, if you have a clear objective of how you want to use the Google Ads grant to add volume or exposure to something you're already doing. So if you're looking for donors, or looking for volunteers, for example, and your website is set up to cater to those audiences once people land on your website, then the Google Ads grant is a great way to get them there. So if they're asking a particular question in Google, you use the right sort of keywords to appear on the Google front page, and uh, the link takes people to your website, and your website then will do the rest. So if you can, you can conceive of setting things up in that way, even if they're not quite set up there yet, then the Google Ads grant is probably something worthwhile to consider. Is that fair? Have I got that right, Sylvia? Yes, spot on. Hence why Excellent. I said, wow. go and summarize it, because you summarize it concisely. Well, I did. I mean, so to me, it's fascinating that uh, ten thousand dollars is available, and uh, it, it's it it can be sort of sort of intimidating to think, you know, with a with a big, well known household name like like Google, and and getting a grant of that uh, of that size. I mean, it's one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, uh, and that so that's substantial. Uh, but again, it's not a cash transfer. It's uh, an allowance. It's something that you are allowed to uh, uh, it, it basically use the equivalent of ten thousand uh, a month without actually uh, expending uh, spending any money on the Google Ads grants themselves. It is 
it is actually quite quite interesting uh, as as you said like there isn't i mean i'm not an expert on uh, the grants that are available out there outside of of paid uh, grants like this but um 10,000 a month it, it is indeed substantial i mean in my world 10,000 can be I mean, you need to do a lot of advertising to get to spend 10000 It is possible, but you're going to have to work really, really, really hard. So you have to think about all the possible ways in which you can spend money that you're not paying for. So to me, it's amazing. Like That's a fantastic place to be in. It's it's worth it's worth reminding though, as you said, uh, you're not a grant specialist. So I'm going to ask you to remind folks about your your background and how you came to the Google Ads grant. But again, it's another way of reminding us to say that it's really like a Google Ads allowance, yes, rather than a traditional grant in the way that we think of grants in in nonprofits. Yes. Uh, and and so as as you said, uh, you are not a specialist in grants, but you are a specialist in in Google Ads and other uh, paid traffic. Yes. Yes, uh, I came to uh, paid advertising after uh, going round the houses with all the other areas of marketing from offline to social media to content to email marketing to going and doing and doing overall marketing strategies. And then I landed on paid advertising and then paid advertising is the thing that I love the most. So uh, I decided to specialize, and now I am a paid advertising person that perfectly understands the business side so that it's not just me creating ads because, believe it or not, you push a few buttons and you create an ad. It's not like it takes a genius. But the important part is how do you successfully tie the creating the ads in those campaigns to your business goals? And that's the bit that is important. And that's the bit that takes years to develop. Uh, yeah, the, and that's the, the actual that's creation the of the ads itself is not, it's not hard. Any tutorial can tell you that. But there is, I mean, we'll get into this. There is a, a console to, to manage and there's some peculiarities with, with, with the Google uh, ads, just like there is with, with Facebook ads and, and all those different uh, mechanisms for doing it. There's something to, to sort of get your head around. Yes. But I think what you, what, you, you, what you hit it on the head there about linking it to the business goals and, and thinking of whether it's Facebook ads or Google ads in this case for nonprofits as part of their business goals is itself uh, for, for many an unusual step. It is. It is. Um, for for whatever reason, there has always been a struggle to see advertising as a one of the tools towards um, reaching a goal. For some reason the campaigns, campaign advertising campaigns or marketing campaigns are thought about like you know, kind of in isolation. You create the campaign, you run the campaign, the campaign ends, and then you look at the data. But it's so easy to get stuck in the data and lose sight about where, what, what did we actually want to achieve? Because 
uh, marketing agencies and marketing people usually tell you, oh, we got X many, X many website visits and X people did this and X people did that. Great. But <laughs> was that the business goal? Right. Right, so exactly. it, it, that, the fact that you get more traffic to the website is fantastic. It's in itself, it's a bonus. It's something that you didn't have before. But is that traffic the traffic that you wanted, like the kind of people that you wanted? And does your website or the page where you send people, does it explain what you do what you're looking for what you want them to do as a result of of landing on that page do is the is the process smooth or is there a mismatch like are you expecting people to donate the first time they come to your website all these things have an effect in not so much in the on the ads itself but on your perception as to whether the ads are working or not well uh, and also whether you know the the time and energy it takes to execute on this strategy um yes. because as you said last time um uh, there, there are certain elements that are you know not not requiring of a genius there are others that take some time to learn uh, to to use to, to to do Google ads to do Google ads well, but I think what we're talking about. I want to set this up here uh, properly. That uh, in order to make the best out of Google ads, the Google ads grant, there's a lot you need to do outside of Google and outside of the Google ads. Yes, and I, and I think that we want to we want to line those things up because we referred to them loosely last time about whether your, your, your website's uh, set up correctly and whether you're prepared to do the work to, to make the Google Ads work. That's what I really want to concentrate on on this time. So you've, you've, you've got the grant or you, you're about to get the grant or you've learned from episode 47 that you're, you're a good candidate for it and you should, you should go for it. This is like, okay, now it's live. What do you have to, what do you have, to have in place? And so we've started with this idea of, the campaign. What is your what is your business objective or your of your or your campaign objective? So that's number one. What are some good examples of objectives that you've seen that work well for Google Ads Grant? Um, so the best um, the best actually type of campaign is a a campaign that's uh, a top of the funnel. So that means people who have never heard about your your nonprofit before, but they are searching for something relevant. Like for example, in the example of Toy Box, they they are searching for something like um, charities that support children, um, charity specifically for children. Uh, charities, all sorts of these children searches are tied to charities or non-profits. So the, one of the best way to um, use Google is to create campaigns that, uh, that are directed towards content on your website. 
like if you've got if you had events and then you create a, a, a content a blog for the event with all the pictures with videos etc if you have stories about um one particular example of 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 of, um, of the children in this case that um, that the charity has supported uh, numbers on these are all the things we did last year and this is how many children we supported these are a few examples of what we did cases like real life stories and cases are the best of them all and the point of this campaign is to bring all these people that are searching for um, charities to support sway them towards them these are real life examples of what we do this is who we are learn more about us you're gonna find that that then you're going to support us and it makes sense for you to donate to us not because we tell you donate to us but because we show you what we do with the money that you're gonna give us because just sending traffic to a page where you've got the donation button uh, is not it's not sufficient people are gonna ask okay yeah fair enough that you that you're a, a charity that you support children but you're asking me for money but you haven't told me what you do right so yeah this no, is, I, I think this that's is a mismatch. Uh, yeah exactly they don't have enough information so you you, you, you Why sort would of they collapse the, the, the donor journey the funnel as you called it uh from uh, you know, awareness. Oh, I know who you are, and now you're asking me for money. There, there's an intermediate steps here, uh, and so what I what I think you're saying, I'm going to uh, paraphrase it, is that an ideal example of how to use a Google Ads grant, where we want volume and exposure, is at the first couple of steps of the donor journey or the volunteer journey or the supporter journey, where they are really learning about you for the first time and their motivation. The reason they're on Google in the first place is to is to ask a question or or look uh, for a, a do a search associated with some key factors that you address as part of your nonprofit, and you've got yes. some content to back that up. And and your and the the, the click they will uh, when they click on Google, they're going to be taken to a content page that's going to explain how your nonprofit addresses the very question that they put in the Google search box. Yes. And it's um, when they're looking for, when they're looking for different charities to support, um, they are, what they're really asking is, am I, am I going to put my money behind a good cause? So the only way to show them is to have this content on the website that shows them, yeah, you're definitely going to look at this actual real person. We did this. Look at this uh, time where we had this uh, initiative going here and we did all this. And then look at what, what you do. Look at the results of what you do if you donate. Uh, if you donate, um, uh, for example, on the, on the 25, 25 pounds or dollars on a back to school. This is what you happens if you donate with the, the, the $5. So these are all the meals that we gave children this year. So the more content you can put together that shows what you are actually doing in practice, 
not just in theory, the more people are, are going to then sift through the rest of the website, see everything else that, that, that you're doing and mission and everything else that you've got on there. And even if they're not donating the first time, that doesn't mean that they've forgotten about you. On right. top of that, there is also an option in Google that once you have um, enough of these people coming to the website, there is also an option where you create a retargeting campaign, which means that you are going to the people who have already come to your website and show them another ad and saying, if you say something different to bring them back to the website, maybe for the people who come back, you've got something special to offer, a, a, a different piece of content, something that gets them more involved. So these are all things the, to think about. Would, would that secondary retargeting ad be shown on sort, sort of randomly or what, what would they be no. doing on Google or they might be on another site that supports Google ads? And uh, those the uh, uh, the nonprofit ad would show in that case. Is that right? Um, not on websites. So okay. on the, uh, the Google Ads for nonprofits only works with search. So okay. there is no display campaign. So there are no images that follow you around. It is pretty specific to. People are searching then for something um, for something uh, non-profit related, something that you've got keywords for, mm -hmm. and they've already come to your website. Next time they're searching for something similar, you're uh, okay. That, that's the thing. They're searching for something similar. So yes, if yes, I was searching for say street not, children, not any random search. Children, yeah, it if, has if to still be relevant. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So I just just to clarify, the retargeting yes. is for uh, yeah. It's not. Other. It's not for 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 anything. Yeah. You know, it, it is really specific. Yes. Okay. So stripping back, uh, what we said was the 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 non Google things that we wanted to have in place to do this well. We first needed an objective and yes. and an ideal objective. Clearly not the only one, but an ideal objective would be top of funnel attracting people to yes. to your website for the first time. And so that objective, that's one thing. The second thing that you referred to in your answer was having relevant content uh, and pages set up on the website to receive those visitors. Yes, that's correct. And, and that, that is very, very important because the biggest mistake, okay, let me wind back, one of, the biggest mistakes that um, uh, first-time advertisers and sometimes not first-time advertisers make is to send um, the traffic from the ads to the home page. The home page is rarely the most uh, relevant page because um, the home page houses lots of things. It's pretty much the, the, the place where you got highlights from the rest of the website. But when people search for something, they search for a specific thing. They didn't search for highlights. So if somebody, for example, searches um, volunteer charity work near me, 
and you send them to the home page the home page got everything you're supposed to have a, a, a volunteer with us page that shows okay we need this type of people for uh, x many hours a week you're going to be doing these things would you like to help us out reach out to us so this is again one of the examples where it's obvious that the more specific the page is uh, the better it's going to work because the moment somebody searches for um volunteer jobs for charities near me this is just an example of one one of the keywords and then you yeah. send them to the home page they're hit with oh my god what's going on where am i i am i in the right place i don't see anything here that says volunteer especially because they're gonna see the top part of the home page and on desktop it's it's okay but on mobile where most of people are searching now the space is going to be so small that there is no way unless mm -hmm. volunteer with us is your main thing that you're going to say to people at the top there's no way they're going to see where where they, they need to go in order to volunteer with you so you've already lost them they're really confused they don't know what's going on and then they hit the back button so you're you paid right. paid it, it, it you clicked against you, right. to get a person that then left because it got confused well, because it didn't find what they were looking for so the 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 I guess paradoxical or slightly unexpected point here is that if your objective is to attract people who don't know about you at all, rather than introduce your organization, as you might think to the homepage, the way that you attract them is by having content that answers the specific question they're putting into the Google search. Correct. Yes. Okay. So, so, I think this is, this is really interesting. So we can have a broad objective of bringing new people to us. Mm -hmm. But when we have to the second requirement of having appropriate relevant content on our website to receive those visits, to receive those clicks from the Google search, we don't want them going to the homepage, which is general. It's, it's answering questions they haven't asked because they don't care about us as an organization they cared about the question or the topics or the keywords that they were putting into Google. So they care about themselves and what it is that they're trying to find, yes. which is not us, no. <laughs> not us. But if we set up a, a landing page or a special page that, that has content that responds to those keywords, then they, then in the five seconds, their grace, they're going to give us when they click and land. <laughs> if they can instantaneously see that their question looks like it will be answered, they're gonna say they're gonna they're gonna stay so yes um we've got that an objective we've got the relevant content pages which is quite specific even if our objective is broad i think that's the the point i wanted to pull out of that and then the next thing and this is leading into the google side is the keywords that we're trying to capture can you explain a bit we might segue a little bit here just take a step out of, and talk about this keywords and what it means uh what what keywords are like are they phrases are they words and, and how they fit into this this picture of uh of google ads and, and clicking to content relevant content on our web pages oh boy this is this is uh okay i'm, I'm gonna try to simplify this as much as possible 
Well, it's all right. I'll, I'll make a bet with you. I'll, 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 not a bet, a, uh, an offer. We'll simplify it together. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so as, so you, as you go, I will interrupt rudely. Okay. And, <laughs> and, and if you have a simpler way to say what I just said, please do. Uh, so that we can okay. go come at it from different directions and either one way or the other, uh, we make sure that we, we say the same thing in many different ways. So one will fit more more than the others, it's depending on the person. It's t totally normal. But basically, <laughs> Google works on this model where Google's got all these searches that people make every day. And Google said, wouldn't it be great if um, we have all this data of what people are searching for, wouldn't it be great if we said to advertisers, um, if you have specific things that you want to promote, like, for example, um, in, in the case of Toy Box, it's a, it's a children charity. Uh, sometimes it's in the UK or children charity in Milton Keynes. And, uh, and um, taking that, which is called a keyword, every time or most of the time somebody searches for children charity in Milton Keynes, if we have done our job right with Google Ads, one of our ads will appear in the first three to four results. You, you know, when you, when you type anything in Google and you see the list of results, the ads mm -hmm. usually occupy the first three or four positions. Those are the promoted and paid for, and the rest are the non-paid for so-called organic. So the keyword is a string of words, and I would recommend that um, you use more than one word. Uh, okay, key, key thing here. A keyword, that's just a term that means, uh, that basically reflects a topic of search. It's not yes. necessarily a word. It could no. be a phrase. It, it could, could be, be, it a, could a, be a, yes. a jargon term. It could be anything. Correct. Uh, the, the longer it is, like when it gets to three to four words, um, that is actually where the interesting bit starts. And that thing is called a long tail keyword. So what this is, it basically, the more words you've got, the more specific the keyword gets. Mm -hmm. The more specific it gets, the more you can uh, find out the intent behind the keyword. Because, for example, if you say children charity, could be anything. Could be people who want to be fundraisers, people who want to uh, be a uh, volunteer, People who want to find out that what what how many children charities you got in in the UK, um, people who are doing research, people who are looking to find content, um, and any aspect years, about children. It could anything. be it could be childhood. It could be children diseases. It could be children's education. It could be, it could be anything. anything. Yeah. So that's too vague. Now, 
what I'm going to say is, and, and this is where it gets complicated, so I am trying to uh, simplify as much as possible. Um, the more specific the keyword is, the less people are going to search for it. Because the, the volume of people specific looking for that is going to be a lot smaller. But it's going to be a lot more quality because mm. you know that, that that is exactly what you're looking for. Right. Some other um, companies instead go for the broader because they want a lot more traffic to their website or because in in within that traffic you're going to see what people are actually searching for and then you sift through, oh, this is good, this is good. No, this is not something that we want. This is not something, oh, this is good. Oh, I didn't know people were actually searching for this. So they use it to find ideas. So I'm not saying one is good and the other one is bad. I'm saying there are pros and cons. The lower okay. volume, but more specific, gets you much closer to the goal from the beginning. However, if your goal is to watch to be seen by as many people as possible, the very specific keyword is not what you need. So again, it depends on what you want. But you have to be really right. clear on the goal and you cannot go for the very specific and then expect to have volume. You know, it doesn't work like that. You, you, you have to, you have to choose. Or the other thing you can do is you can have a hybrid model where you've got a campaign that is very specific and you've got a campaign that's way more broad, but you spend a lot less. Because in there, there's going to be a lot of wastage. So you're spending less and then you're looking for the nuggets in there that you're going to take and move over to other campaigns. See, this is where I'm saying that it's getting complicated. It, it gets, yeah, it gets, it gets complicated quick. So let's simplify uh, for a second and just, just, just step back for a second. That the, the key thing here in terms of what you need um, off Google, if you will, is the clear objectives. And if it's top of funnel, you want lots of exposure, you still want quite specific content on the web page you're going yes. to take people to. So not your homepage, you're going to take them to no. something specific, which is related to your objectives. So if you want to start cultivating donors or you want to start cultivating volunteers or, or what have you, you want something which is going to resonate with that desire uh, that's related to, 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 to your nonprofit. Then when you go to the, the third thing then is having the right keywords and there's and keyword does not mean word. It means no. phrase. That's a searchable phrase. So yeah. the searchable phrases that you want, the longer they are, i.e. the more specific they are, the lower the volume, but the higher the quality. Yeah. So if you know that, or, or you believe that, a large number of people coming to your donation cultivation page, your first one will be will be what you want because you think they'll stick around. Then then you can have uh, a, a shorter phrase which will have a larger volume. But if you want something very specific, uh, then you would have a longer keyword 
and fewer people, but you think that they are much more likely to resonate with that content and stick around. Yes. Is that is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. It is it is it is a personal choice. And what I always say uh, when people ask me which one I should go for, it's a mixture um, between the the business goals that you have, but also, as I say, especially in this case, because you've got the money, uh, the person managing your Google Ads account for you is supposed to... Um, to be able to set up both, right? Both. It's a low stakes decision, isn't it? It's a, it's a low stakes decision. It seems to me because it's a low stakes because thing I to, you're not paying for it, <laughs> right? I mean, what I was going to say to you uh, as a, as another element, uh, I know we've been talking about the preparation, what you need to have in place, but but the other element around your objectives is the time frame. This isn't yes. something that you're going to turn around in a week or, no. or 10 days. You're, you're looking at a four to six month campaign, for example. And uh, no. I, I know you can, you can advise me on, on different uh, time horizons, but the point is you have time <laughs> within that. You have scope to try a couple of different strategies and see what works because ultimately no one can predict accurately what will work. No. So you try some narrow long tail keywords that are very specific and if the volume is too low you try something else you've got scope to do that it seems to me yes you don't have you are effectively not wasting any money doing that it, it is the time invested in doing that if if you are if you have somebody in house that that um knows how to do all that or the the money investment if you want to bring somebody to do that specifically but it's very 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 it, like the, it's so small the investment compared to what you get from it that that shouldn't really in 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 my eyes it's not even it's a no brainer so, so one of the other elements of uh uh do it, making the best of, of Google grants is really investing in some support to do it well. There's things that you cannot really expect yourself to do as a nonprofit. You may have your your uh, website outsourced, but maybe you can come up with that content and you can manage that in-house. You can clearly come up with your marketing objective in-house, so you should be able to without too much additional support, although you might want to refine that over time. But the actual execution of the Google grants and the managing of it and the looking at the data and whether these keywords worked or not or other that that's probably something you don't want to do in house is that correct um unless you've got a specialist who is uh devoting the time to do that um I would advise against it or unless you've got somebody who's happy to invest all their time into learning this. If you don't have any of these two, yes, it's probably it's probably a good idea if you if you bring somebody uh, to do it. Uh, mainly because it's going to save you um, a lot of trial and error. Uh, because it's <sighs> the thing about uh, advertising is exactly like marketing: eighty percent fails and twenty percent works. 
a person who's got experience in this specific sector is going to get to the 20% much faster. So if you don't care about how fast you get there, you're giving the job to somebody and say, well, eventually you'll figure it out. If you care about, can we consider it that it's not a turn on the campaigns today and tomorrow you're going to get results, consider that there's also that time lag. Um, Should I find somebody who already knows how to do the thing? Probably, but again, it depends on on the funds that you've got available. And and, and the skills in-house. It's like... uh, you know, certain things like, you know, Salesforce, for example, is, is free to nonprofits, but it's not easy to learn to use. There's a, oh, it's, there's a learning curve. It's, 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 it's a right minefield. Right, but it's super powerful if it's yes. appropriate for your business, but you, you have to make a judgment call of whether that learning curve in terms of time and effort and opportunity cost, could those staff be doing, uh, or volunteers or board members, could they be doing something else like networking and, and cultivating individual donors, for example, uh, or, or working on a grant application? You know, there's all sorts of other things that you could be doing with that with that time and energy. So that's a judgment call you, you've got to make. Uh, either way, you're spending time and effort to make any of these things work, whether it's uh, time and effort that you've got let's call it on the books because it's within in-house and you're going to forego some other activity that those in-house resources could do, or you're going to actually expend some cash and get some professional expertise who will, who's already invested in and climb that learning curve and presumably knows how to execute this sort of strategy. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say that's that, that that that's pretty much it. It's it's always a it's always a case of investment versus return, and the return is not necessarily money. There's also return in terms of how do if I invest all this time that I'm going to be spending to learn how to do this, if I invest all this into into fundraising activities or, or cultivating relationship with existing donors, is it going to have a better return for me? The answer is, I, I don't know, but most likely yes. Yes. Because you, you, are, you, are, you are doing, you are doing the, those things in the best interest of the charity and you already have donors and you already have those activities um set up so continuing with those activities is um usually a a lot more roi positive so to speak than starting something from scratch yeah and presumably those other things are familiar Yes. If you don't consider so, yourself very good at them, they're probably more aligned to your job description than than managing uh, paid yeah, ads. I'm, or, I'm sure you, you didn't you didn't start a, a, a nonprofit or went to work for a nonprofit to run Google Ads. I don't right. think that was your right. idea. <laughs> so so let's yeah. let's um, round round this off. We have a few minutes left. I, I want to uh, uh, just contextualize some of the other things around. Google Ads grants in terms of 
of, of its scope. So we've been clear about getting the best out of it. If you were just starting, you don't want to have a clear objective. You've got the relevant content on your website. So when people click on a Google ads, uh, your Google ads in, in the Google search, that they're going to get relevant content when they land on your website. But once, let's just assume, for example, You've been doing this for a little while. You've, you've, you've got to grips with it, however you're, you're doing it. How, how many different campaigns and things can you have going at one time? How big does this get? Is it, a, is it one it is, it is, it is best done as a one campaign at a time, which, as we said, sorry? It is limitless. So the only limit is the... Limitless, like infinite. Yes. Yes. So well, you, you we don't, have we don't something throw those sorts of words limitless around. Limitless, as in easily. you have something, uh, uh, probably over 5,000 campaigns that you can have in one single account. So you're never going to have that many campaigns. So um, over time, I mean, I usually go with the one step at a time approach because it's the safest one. So you set up a campaign, you run it, you're looking at the data, does it work, does it not for the business goals? Okay, keep pro keep changing, keep improving, etc. Okay, it works now. Add the second campaign. Develop, is it working? Um, you make all the changes, optimization, is it working now? Yes. Add the third one, where eventually you end up having a campaign for each one of your business goals. And you don't stop them. You do not pause a campaign. These campaigns are set up to be evergreen. So there is nothing in those campaigns that has to be time sensitive. Uh, the time sensitivity um, theme comes into place um, in a different way. So, for example, within a campaign, you've got multiple ads. Um, some of those ads are, again, evergreen. So they don't mention dates. They don't mention activities. They don't mention events. They don't mention anything. It's, it's literally something that you can turn on now and never turn off. Some other ads are going to be event sensitive. But what happens with those is that those have a time limit. So they're going to be run for a certain period of time and turned off. But that doesn't mean the entire campaign is turned off. It means that those ads will be turned off. So the, well, the way of thinking of the time-limited nature of things is uh, an overall objective, an overall campaign that's evergreen, meaning it it starts and goes on literally forever forever but with but but the specific ads you use for that campaign some of them most of them perhaps will be evergreen yes. but you can introduce some time limited ones you can introduce yes for a particular event or or a very specific time bound uh, objective within that campaign yeah. Also, there are other things that you can do. For example, if you've ever seen and if you ever recall seeing uh, an ad, an ad has got a headline, it's got some text, and then it's got uh, probably usually other three to six links at the bottom of it. 
and this still part of the ad. Those links are called uh, site link extensions. So basically, they are shortcuts to mm -hmm. other the, the other most important pages of your website. Yes. When you have a temporary campaign with the landing page, for example, you do the Christmas fundraising, right? Typical example. You introduce one site link extension as as the as the fundraising. Christmas fundraising, and that is added to the list of extensions that are going to be shown to people with before the Christmas period. And then when you decide that the campaign stops, I don't know, 1st of January, 6th of January, whenever, the site link extension will not expire, right. but won't be shown anymore because you said after this date, don't show the Christmas fundraising link. So this is another way to introduce temporary things that gotcha. are important to you. But the main crux of the thing is Google Ads is something that needs to be evergreen. It needs to be there all day, every day, always be relevant. The moment you introduce, uh, the moment you, you think about it as something you start and stop, it's the moment that you're not going to get the results. Because every time you stop, and start again, Google takes a long time to rebuild all the data and all the information that they had before you stop the thing. If that makes any sense, right. tell me if I have to. It, no, it does. It does. That so, okay, it let's, let's, yeah. uh, so, so just to summarize, uh, what we're saying is that the ideal situation for Google Ads grants is starting with one campaign, eventually adding others that match your business goals, uh, typically top of funnel, like attracting potential donors or volunteers who are unfamiliar with your organization but care about your cause or care about some element of your programming, and your Google ad, using the correct keywords, will draw people to specific content on your website that speaks to those elements of your programming or your cause that that people care about not necessarily introducing the organization straight away uh, and then it's really up to the the website to do the rest of the work if you want to have a a pop-up or something to get someone's email address on on your newsletter or or something like that that's yeah. that's outside of google google ads but these but this the, the way your website works and and what you're expecting people to do when they come from google to your website has to really be thought out ahead of time for, for it to work well. But then you set up campaigns that are evergreen to meet certain objectives, and ultimately you can stack those campaigns on top of each other to meet multiple different objectives because you're unlikely to use $10,000. No, you're, you're very, very, very unlikely. But, okay. So there's, so there's huge scope for exposing your nonprofit to new audiences in in the Google Ads grant. Yes, it's for most of nonprofits uh, considering the size and considering that they might be working locally there is no way you're going to spend the entire thing. There's just no way. There there are, there are no, not enough searches 
to be able to spend the, the entire thing. For national charities, yeah, it's a different story. They can spend 10,000 like easy. Uh, they can spend 20, 30, 40 if they want to, but because they're on a national scale. But yeah. as soon as as soon as you're smaller and you're localized, you're never gonna spend ten grand. What about a a small nonprofit that's that's small in terms of say its staffing and its overall budget, but its reach is geographically vast and maybe even global? Is um, are they likely to come up to a ten thousand dollar limit? They are likely, yes, because it's. Um, it doesn't really matter how big the, the, the charity is in terms of staffing. It just matters where they want the ads to show. Yes, so, I was just thinking small in terms of the way most nonprofits think of themselves as small in terms of you know how big the organization is. Not, no. Not the size of the mission and the reach, which could be, as I said, it could be global, yeah. even if you're a, a very small organization, which means then that people in any country, any jurisdiction – can do a Google search and you'll run out of your ten thousand exactly. Yeah, quickly. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it will. That that will uh, that is going to run out a lot quicker. Um, it's also it also depends on on the language setting. So if you then have to set up different campaigns in different countries uh, in different languages, then yes, the budget is going to run out much quicker. Um, but these are all things that see just just talking about just talking about these things here um you've already seen that running uh Google ads is not as easy as you might think at, at the beginning because again it's not about what which buttons do I press to create an ad it's the <laughs> entire journey. Yes, and, that, and I think that's the great. Doing? Yeah, I think that's a, a, a great way to, to, to close this off. Is it is that Google Ads grant is is a potentially huge asset for most nonprofits, but it's not a grant. <laughs> no. And and to do it well, uh, and to use the allowance and uh, of of ten thousand dollars a month, you need to have a lot of things in place outside of Google. Uh, and that's a, a clear objective. You have to have the right content on your on your website, and and think through the entire journey that people would go through from Google to your website in order to make it uh, effective. And even then, there's a fair bit of experimentation. Yes, there is. There is a, a lot. Um, I in, in my um, advertising accounts, whether it's business or, or whether it's non-profit, it, it works in the exact same way. By the way, there is literally no difference. Um, I'm in the account making some sort of change at least four or five times a week. And so nearly every data, day you're making some sort of tweak. I'm al almost every day, yes. Right. And I, I also look at that. Uh, I have a glance over the weekend to make sure that nothing went drastically wrong while while I wasn't looking. Because sometimes it happens. There are yeah. so many settings, so many things that it's very easy to touch something, and all of a sudden you made a mess. So, <laughs> right. okay. So uh, lots to learn if you if you want to know more about Google Ads grants. But the way I would like to close off is give you an opportunity, Sylvia, to, to share where people can find you online, 
where they should go for more information if they want to put in practice the Google Ads grant, a Google Ad grant, Ads grant strategy, mm-hmm. uh, and and what you would advise them to do in that case. Um, yes, so uh, the, the easiest way to find me is to go to my um, website. So that's uh, paidadsschool.com. And in there, you're going to have the links to my um, to my social media contacts. So I'm on LinkedIn and I, I'm, I'm on Instagram. Both of them are give you a different side of what I do. So if you want to, if you want to satisfy yourself uh, about so what did I do before, um, am I a nice person? Are we going to work well together or not? You can tell from my social media accounts because I don't do death by sales post. I actually talk about myself so so that you can tell if you like me or not, which is a very important part of business. And um, yeah, pretty much any of those, any of those is 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 perfectly fine by me. And we are going to have a chat. the 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 chat, is, as people usually say, it's a discovery call. But the discovery is actually uh, a mixture between uh, questions that I ask about the nonprofit, but also questions that you ask me about what I did about myself like it's 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 a kind of a cup of coffee and talking about ourselves to see if we're a good fit so I'm not I'm not that kind of 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 person that that is all about business I just want to or just want to see if if we're going to be working well together and then everything starts from there excellent okay well thank you so much for Kicking off season four of the Nonprofit Problem Solver podcast. This has been episode 48. We had 47, which was uh, last week, part one with uh, Sylvia going through whether the Google Ads grant was worth it. So please check that out if you don't uh, subscribe, don't currently have the Google Ads grant. And of course, if you are really serious about making it work, then I hope this episode has been useful. Uh, please check out Sylvia uh, on, on uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, or thepaidadschool.com. Uh, I'd also like to say thanks to the sponsors, Yachtme and PodPro Audio, and our nonprofit partner for this these two episodes, Toybox, who uh, are working globally to help get children off the streets. You can check them out at toybox.org.uk. Thanks, everyone. It's been episode 48. Uh, We're here every Wednesday at 11 Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, all the way through to December 15th. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about end-of-year planning. Yes, it's September, and we're talking about end-of-year planning. (laughs) So I hope to see you next week uh, on the Nonprofit Problem Solver. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Problem Solver Podcast. My guest today was Sylvia Coletto, who you can find on Instagram as the Paid Ads Specialist. This podcast has been expertly produced by Glenn Munoz at PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. Go to podproaudio.com. You can join future conversations live by visiting nonprofitproblemsolver.com. Connect with Kev on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. For more information, visit kevkayat.com because good causes deserve better results.